Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. We'll take care of all your podcast production so you can focus on your business. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com. Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcast. Hey there, world changers, and welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guest is a former software engineer. He's also an inventor, a tech startup entrepreneur, a business development executive. He is currently the podcast host for a top 10 sales podcast, as well as he has a second podcast, which we're going to talk about today. Now, our guest is the founder of Habanero Media, a podcast agency that helps B2B businesses grow revenue by integrating interview-based business podcasts into the selling process that targets qualified C-suite executives. Please welcome to the show, the host of the Sales Babel podcast and the host of the Cannabis Advocate podcast, Pat Helmers. Pat, how are you? I'm doing great, Cliff. Thank you very much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Excellent. And so normally I would just ask, you know, what is your business? It seems like you're in a couple of different businesses here. Mm -hmm. So walk us briefly through like, you know, what do you, what do your different businesses entail? You know, well, I, I actually started as a podcaster and, um, I've always, I've always loved audio, always loved radio. Um, a big, big listener to to podcasts over time. So I started a podcast called sales babble, selling secrets for non-sellers. And the reason I started that was because I, as, as you had mentioned, I came from an engineering background, but I was working at a startup, a tech startup, and they needed someone to do sales business development. So nice. I kind of self-taught myself selling. And then as we grew, we had to hire staff. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm the VP of sales. So, <laughs> so I was teaching people selling and I, it, it became a very natural thing for me. I had done, I had taught software engineering for a while. So right. I had a good idea what it's like to be in front of a classroom and kind of hold people's interest and great selling is really about asking questions and listening. That, that's, and if you have what they want, if you listen well, if you have what they want, they'll, they're, they're, they're quick to buy. So I thought, wouldn't that be terrific? if I had a podcast on that. <laughs> so <laughs> I had actually blogged some on it and, uh, but I thought this would be the next step forward. So I started a podcast and that was, oh my goodness. I think that was eight years ago the next month. Wow. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Cause I, I know yeah. you got a number of episodes that are out there, but I didn't recognize yeah, that it was eight years. So that's great. Yeah. I've been doing this a long time. And I felt like when I started podcasting, I was late to the business. <laughs> Decidedly not, uh, decidedly not. And I, I do have to say something here because I, I do want to talk about your other podcast, but I do want to say something here that one of the, one of the benefits of podcasting or one of the strategies to be able to follow is, uh, documenting your journey. And it sounds like for me with, with the sales babble podcast is that you're learning things and you're sharing them. And we, oftentimes we learn things better when we teach it. Right. To be able to, for, for other people, would that say, would, would, was that kind of like your approach when you started the sales babble podcast? 
Yeah, I was genuinely curious about selling. I had sold tech in a B2B space, business to business for a long right. time, but I had no idea about what it was to sell other things. I was, I was just curious what that was about. It gave me an opportunity to meet people all over the world. Cliff, that's been pretty cool. Nice. I've interviewed, I, I literally have been all over the world interviewing people and traveled the world a lot and interviewed people in person elsewhere. And that's been nice. It's, it's been pretty, it's been pretty great. Nice. Absolutely love it. So let's talk about the Cannabis Advocate podcast. Mm -hmm. How, you know, why did you decide to launch that? Where did that come from? I've come to, I've learned a lot about podcasting over time in that we have a tendency to want to think about podcasts as it's not, it's not successful and you have a lot of downloads. It's right. not successful if a lot of people are listening. And I've kind of realized that that's a bunch of baloney. It's not so much how many people are listening to your podcast. It's are the right people listening to your podcast? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so if you don't have a podcast, and we talked a little bit before we started talking, so I know you're on board with this. If, if you don't have a podcast that aligns with what your business is, what your brand is, if they're not going to feed into one another. Exactly. So, so if you think about what your ideal client is, what your ideal customer is, that should be your ideal audience. And with that realization is uh, I've been very interested in the cannabis industry, especially the business aspects of it and how it's been exploding over the last few years. And I don't know anything about the business, hardly, <laughs> Hard, hardly anything. I've, 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 you know, I've, I've, I've grown cannabis. I've got friends. I've gone to a couple events. Right. But what I found with the, with the podcast, what was terrific about it was it gave me an opportunity to talk to anybody in the industry. I can interview anybody I want and people are honored. Just by the way, Cliff, I'm honored to be on your podcast. If people I'm honored feel the to same have you. way, <laughs> <laughs> people are, you know, people are honored to be on my cannabis advocate podcast. And that's given me an opportunity to talk to people at, at the highest levels in the visit. It has been really, really interesting. I don't know exactly what that, where that this podcast goes. In fact, I just launched a survey. I, I started that podcast in the summer. I just launched a survey a couple of days ago on what are your challenges in the business? Where do you think the industry is going? What right. do you want to learn? What advice? And what it has created for me is, an, is it's just constant dialogue with people so I can figure out how best to serve them. And some of the things that I'm doing to, to serve them, the way I'm leveraging this podcast is I've been doing matchmaking. I, so if somebody's got a problem, I know somebody else who has solutions. I put them together and sometimes I get compensated for that. And that, and that, that's been a fun thing to do. That's been an awful fun thing to do. So that's been one way that I've been able to monetize that podcast. It's a very narrow niche. Don't have a lot of listeners. It's fairly new, unimportant. It's not about the listeners. It's about the guests. The guests be, actually become prospects. Nice. And I absolutely love that you say that. And that's something, and I'll be honest with you. So out of all the people that I've interviewed for this podcast, nobody has ever talked about the fact that, you know, so, well, so everybody agrees it's a great relationship building tool, but I mean, you've got so many connections, your network over the last eight years, it's just from doing the podcast, it's just, it's growing exponentially. You're meeting new people all the time. You're building relationships with them all the time. Cause that's what podcasting does. 
So now to be able to use matchmaking, as you called it, which I love that term, by the way, matchmaking <laughs> to say, hey, you know what? You've got this problem. I know this person over here that's got the solution and you just connect them. And, you know, every now and then you, you know, make money off of referral fees or affiliates. And sometimes uh, you, know, you don't. Yep. It, it, I, I'm okay either way. So it's, it's fun helping people. It's really, really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. What I would like to do is, and you hinted at this before, but I want to explore this a little bit better. So what has podcasting really done for your business? With the Sales Babble podcast, I'd like to talk about that if possible. Sure. That podcast is about downloads. Okay. And um, though I really didn't know about this when I, when I, when I started all this, but I get, it's, this is not, this, I don't have a huge podcast. I probably get about four to 5,000 downloads a month on it. At, at its high point, it had like 6,000 before the, the pandemic. Right. And then, and then that kind of plummeted actually <laughs> the pandemic <laughs> started and then it's gone back up. But what's important about that podcast is that it's the right listeners. It's exactly yes. my listeners. Yes. It. So I have been pretty good about getting steady sponsors on there. And for almost a year now, I just got a new one signing up starting in uh, March. And that's pretty cool. And these people pay pretty well. So I'm, 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 that, that's fun. And I've learned to make the podcast, to, to do the ads in a way that I'm happy with them and they don't annoy the listeners. I'm pretty quick about doing the ads really quick. Like I might start the podcast and say, today we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. And then I might just start a story. The other day I was reading about World War II and da 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 da, da. And next thing I just kind of flow into the ad. Right. And, and I set up a problem. It's kind of like this. It's, it's often like this. And then I talk about what my sponsor is. It's, and there's a, there's a call to action. And before people even know it, the ad's kind of over. But it's really sunk into their heads. And the sponsors love it. And it's a little extra work. I'm lately, I've been writing a different ad every, for every episode. Right. But it's more fun to read them. They, they flow smoother and, and the listeners don't annoy it. Because when I started doing sponsors, I just started reading an ad and, and, poof, and my listenership would drop off. I could see it. Right. I could see it. So, and then you do a call to action at the end of the, at the end of the event. That's been very good. So that's one thing. That's what sales babble has been successful in helping in helping me. In addition to building up your network and in addition to building up my network. Nice. Yep. I do want to go back because you've that's the second time you mentioned it. And I want to make sure that I point this out to your audience. Mm -hmm. Having the right audience is critical. Right. <laughs> yes. It's not just, you know, am I getting downloads or how many people like my Facebook page or anything else like that. It's got to be that right audience of the people that are really interacting with your brand, you know, love your podcast, reaching out the conversations that you're having, things like that, because that what, that, what that's done for you has allowed you to open up your podcast as another income stream Yes, for your overall business. And that is yeah. allowing advertiser to come on and because your community is so active, right? So this means you're not like having to say, oh, well, I'm only going to charge, you know, $10 an episode or something like that. You've got the right audience. So I think that's absolutely critical. What I'd like to do Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to say something. <laughs> Go right ahead, man. There's some other insights I, I've had too. It's, okay. It's something I've been tired of actually of the sales Bible podcast. And I actually switched it all up in November. I've been doing practically the same podcast of interviewing experts. Right. 
on sales, it has actually done my brand very little good. Oh, interesting. Because they're the pre person being highlighted. I'm not right. the person being highlighted. Okay. So I am really of the notion, and I want to zero in on what you just spoke about this, that's about really understanding who your audience is. Right. I really am of the notion that you should, your guests should be your audience. Your guests should be a, should be of the same model as your audience. So when you speak to your guests about struggles they've had, challenges they've had, how they've overcome them, you immediately say, yes, I once had somebody like that. Yes, I once helped somebody. Yes, exactly. that remembers. And then they'll listen and they're going to go, wow, wow, I should talk to Pat because he's doing stuff like that right now. He knows how to do that. They wouldn't reach out to the guest because the guest is, is, is somebody who might actually be a peer of theirs in another business or something. Right. So I think that's really, really, really critical that, that these really, that these, this all lines up. And that's something I very rarely ever hear in the podcasting space when people talk about who your, who's your, who your ideal audience is, at least in this kind of, this consulting kind of space that we're at. Hey everyone, we're going to be right back with this awesome interview after we take a moment to thank our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. Editing your podcast consumes hours of your time every week. After all, you're an entrepreneur, not an audio engineer. The point being is that those hours could be spent on your business and with your family. That's why Podcast Pipeline offers full podcast production services. We take care of your podcast so you don't have to. And that means your time will be yours again to focus on what's really important. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com to learn more about how our services can help you. And now back to the show. Well, I know that, and I'm glad that you pointed that out because this is, you know, one of the things when I'm, when I'm working with clients or I'm running one of my free build a podcast for your business challenges, mm -hmm. that's day one. You got to have that ideal customer avatar, the ideal listener yes. avatar or the ideal customer audience, whatever yes. you choose to call it. You got to have that defined. And I'm not talking about demographics, right? It's, oh, I want somebody that's 20 to 50 and lives in the Midwest and has a business. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like getting like very specific because you, you have to, you got to remember that your audience is going to be listening to what you're saying and you've got to produce content that is relevant to them and helps them. And so that's the whole point of, you know, having guests onto the show and talking about podcasts. And I'm glad that you brought this up because this is my next question for you. <laughs> so we're going to go back in the way back machine here okay. to, cause you said you've been doing this for eight years, which is incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure you remember it, but what was, so when you got into podcasting, what was some of the biggest struggles that you had when you first got started? I really wanted the podcast to sound quality like radio. Oh, I hear you. And that took a while. That actually took me three months of fiddling with the mixer boards and getting the right microphone and being able to edit it. Cause I, I started this as a hobby. I should right. be, you know, I was at like a full-time job. Yeah. You were an no, engineer. I, I, no, <laughs> I was a sales manager. I was oh, a okay. business sales. So I had people working for me and call me up all the time. So I was getting up, you know, four 30, five o'clock in the morning. I'd work for a couple hours. 
on the podcast, <laughs> and then I would you do breakfast. You'd be on the road at eight o'clock. You're or if, or if I was working, was work. That's that that took some time. I thought it was going to be a lot of work getting guests. It really wasn't. Right. Pra- practically, you can talk to anybody, and they're more than happy to be on it. But I didn't know that at the time. But I remember when I got my very first guest to agree to be on the podcast, I was like, yes. Woo! Woo! <laughs> I remember thinking that was a huge thing. It, yeah. I remember because I, I, that really resonates with me. So first off, I was in the exact same boat. I had this idealized broadcast quality in mind and had no idea to get there. Right. So, yeah. So kind of like what you're talking about before you, you were in audio. I wasn't, but I knew an audio engineer. And I think that actually hurt me getting started. Because I was spending 10 to 12 hours just producing episodes. It would take me a few years before I finally came up with a framework that worked for me. But mm-hmm. the second thing is, like you, I got my first guest. Oh, my. I was just beyond ecstatic. was it awesome? Yeah. I was like, holy cow, somebody's <laughs> crazy enough to be on my podcast. And How did you get them? How did you find that first person? So I cheated. I cheated. So what it was is uh, I was friends uh, with this woman who was like connected to all of these people. So I went to her and I was like, can you ask some of your like network if they'll be on my podcast? And she's sure. So she went off and asked them and they that's all agreed. Che- that's brilliance. That, <laughs> that's called referral selling, right? You you were able to do that. that good yeah. job, Cliff. Good job. Thank you. And like the first four or five guests I had on my podcast was like all through her. And then finally, when I was like, okay, I've, I had some episodes released. I had a body work that I could actually show people. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I finally got up the courage to start reaching out to other people that she wasn't connected with. And, but like you said, you never know who's going to say yes to, to being on your podcast. So I quickly learned just like it is with sales. Right. And I hate to say this, but I, it's the terminology that fits. It's a numbers game. You're going to reach out to 20 people and say, Hey, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? And 10 of them might open your email and then five or six might say yes, and you might get three or four that actually book. So it's this whole, you know, process. You have to send out a lot of invites to people that you think are going to be, you know, good. Yeah. Guests. It's, I tell you what, if you, there's, there, there, there's a notion that you, you should follow up with people seven, eight times. Yes. You can probably get, I bet you a 90 per, a 90% return rate. If you do, there's a method I teach where you reach out to them on LinkedIn, then you send them an email and then you leave them a voicemail Ooh, and you repeat that three, three times. There's this whole circle. It's, I got a whole process on it, like a little uh, diamond. And you can probably get practically everybody. I've had some people turn me down. I've heard right. there's one guy I really want to get on the podcast. He's like, look, I get asked so many times. I can't do it. <laughs> At least he responded to me and I gone, dude, I get it. <laughs> but you can practically almost get anybody on the podcast. If you LinkedIn, connect with them on LinkedIn and send them an email. And there's ways of finding the emails if you don't know it. And then and actually calling them and leaving them a voicemail. And then you send them another LinkedIn message saying, I'm following up on the voicemail. Then you send them email. I'm following up on the LinkedIn message. And you leave another voicemail that says, I'm following up on the email. You just got to keep, you spend that three times. That'll be nine times. And you'll probably be, you probably get them on the podcast by then. Okay. So first off, that's brilliant. Okay. I absolutely love that. I have been using email as far as contacting guests and I have a sequence of four emails that I actually use. So I send out like the first email that says, Hey, would you like to be a guest explaining what the show is? And then over the next, next four weeks, 
I send out another three emails, just, Hey, following up. I know people they, get busy. They may not be reading those emails, Cliff. Yeah, you're you, absolutely you, right. You got to catch people. Different people are different learners in different ways and prefer something. The thing is, as much as people hate the telephone these days, everybody listens to their voicemails. Everybody. Yep. You leave or, a voicemail, they will listen to it. I, I learned something new with every single interview. And I bet you. I'm absolutely, yeah, I'm loving it. So let's talk about what are some of like the biggest successes that you've had with podcasting? Oh my goodness. There's been so many. Gosh, I don't know. I, I feel terrible ask, ask being so vacant with an answer here. I can't even envision myself not being in the podcasting space anymore. It's kind of in my way, the only way I know how to like connect with people, which is silly. Right. right? <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you really need to build an audience. Oh, cool. I guess I'll, you know, you know the best way of doing that. Let me get them on the podcast. Then I can build a relationship with them. I ask them, they're, they're, it, and invariably at the end of the interview, I may say, I just got a couple other questions for you that I want to ask. And next thing you know, you, you might say something like, you guys got this challenge? They go, yeah, yeah. And I go, oh, I've seen that before. We should beat some, we should talk some time on the phone. And you convert that interview into a sales call. There's been so many of them. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. I tell you one thing, I was very, very excited. I, I was able to get Jeff Moore on my podcast. I mean, really, you don't know who Jeffrey Moore is. Do you know who he is? Yes, I do. The guy that wrote crossing the chasm. Yep. Terrific guy. I've actually had him on twice, but at the time I was pretty new at this, at this podcasting thing. I'd read his book probably 10 years before, and it completely changed how I saw technology adoption. Right. Uh, I didn't really realize it at the time. It's a marketing book. It felt like a tech book It is <laughs> when I read it and I had read it when I was an engineer. And to get him on was just the highlight of my life. That is a coup. Yeah. He's nicest guy in the world. He's like, sure. The, uh, uh, Steve Schiffman, first guy, first, first book I ever bought in sales was cold calling something or other. And he wrote that book. So I, so this is 15 years later after reading that book, I asked him, would you like to be on the podcast? He was like, absolutely. I thought it was a huge coup. I've had, I've had Schiffman on. My podcast three times. He's just, he's a great, he's a great guy. He's Love just, it. These people are just like us. Yeah, they are. They're, they're human beings, right? Yeah. And I always tell people, and I'm glad you bring this up because this is, this is something that I just, I, I can't repeat enough. You know, when you talk about reaching out and you're pie in the sky, right? So when you're reaching out to these people and you're just like, Hey, would you like to be on, on my podcast? A lot of people wouldn't even, this guy has wrote like crossing the chasm, right? Yes. This book is like, I think for a long time, it was actually required reading, right? Yes. If you were going to be an entrepreneur, you had to read this book. I remember yes. I was consulting for a company at the time and the CEO put, dropped this book into my lap and said, yes. you have one month to read this book. And I was like, oh, okay. And now I understand why, because it's a, it's a beautiful book. And for our audience, if you haven't read it, put it on your bookshelf and read it, get on Amazon, read it. Uh, but anyways, you reaching out to, you know, these people and for anybody in our audience, you have to give them the opportunity to say yes or no. You just can't assume that because you're starting on a podcast or like with you, for instance, talking about how you're getting like four to 5,000 downloads, right? You just can't assume that because you don't have a million downloads that these big names aren't going to come onto your podcast. People have no idea how many downloads you have. They could yeah, care exactly. less. <laughs> yes. My, my, my cannabis podcast has hardly any downloads. We're doing a few hundred a month, but people don't know that. 
I got a nice website. They see it. They see I've talked to a lot of other cool people. They're like, ah, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, you just, you have to give them the opportunity to, to say yes and, and to really open themselves up. You look like you're deep in thought there. What's yeah, there, going another, on? There, there, there's another thing I wanted to bring up and I don't know if it was going to, if you're going to ask me about this or not, but I think it's important to say is that you really, you as the host, you really have to love what you're doing to stick with it. True. What, what are the metrics? I think the average podcast pod fades before 10 episodes. Yes. I, I, before when I read it, it was 10 to 15, but people have been telling late me it's down to eight. Yeah. And, and I get that because it is a lot of work. Even if you hire somebody to produce it and do all the audio stuff, it's a lot of work just, inter, just talking to people and, and writing up a show note that kind of makes sense, you know? Right. And getting them scheduled and all of that. You really have to re really enjoy the topic in order to do that. And I think that's, that's important. I was really hating my, my sales podcast last summer. I was sick and tired of it. Right. And I made a decision that I was going to stop it and take a break. Okay. And I, and I almost did. And then one of my sponsors came back and said, oh, I want to sponsor you again. And I'm like, oh, this is a lot of money. I don't want to turn it down. So <laughs> I said, Okay. But I decided to take a, a podcast that was interview-based that mostly ran about a half an hour, and I turned it into a five-minute podcast uh, that only talked about one little piece of sales that I wrote about right. based on a blog that I did on the Tao Te Ching. Now, this may sound weird, but I actually wrote a blog that took a Taoist view, and I won't, we don't have to go into it here. It's <laughs> 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 an Eastern philosophy view of selling. And okay. I wrote it like eight, nine years ago. And I just started taking those little pieces and putting them in and doing them instead. And it would spend so much more fun doing the podcast. My, my, my listenership dropped, but then as I keep doing it, it's gone back up because yeah. I'm finding a new engaged audience that likes it. I like it and my sponsors like it. It's all got to be together. It's all got to work together in order to have that tenacity to stick with a podcast. There's a couple of points there. First off, you recognize the value of podcasting, but at the same point in time, hitting burnout, which I think probably like 90% of podcasters, you know, or entrepreneurs with podcasts hit that point. I've hit that point more times than I can shake a stick at. Yep. But what you decided to do was, you know, rather than invest all this time and energy and all these other things, you actually took a very interesting approach. You're the first person I've talked to that's done this, but you switched it up and actually started creating micro podcast. Yes. Much easier to produce. You're still yes. getting your message out there. You're still providing value to your audience, but you're just doing it in bite-sized chunks. Right. I was, to be honest, I was sick and tired of listening to the sales experts talk about the same thing that I've been hearing about forever. Yeah. I mean, before they answer the question, I know what they're going to say. I've been doing it so long and, oh. not, and not to put these people down. I mean, it's not like they're, they're not saying wisdom and everything, but it's just so hard to get excited about, oh, that's totally right. I totally agree with you. And it's like, it, it's, it's hard, it's hard to do that now. 
for my view-based podcast and the cannabis podcast, I'm learning stuff. I've never bored listening to these guests. Right. I'm like, this is really cool. This is really cool. Producing podcasts for other people has, has, has taught me that. Like I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a, uh, a client who does, who's in the uh, property management software business. It's, I've learned a ton about something I don't know anything about. This is actually quite interesting. Uh, it's easy to do it if you, if, if you're new to it, but I, using these little micro podcasts, that's something I've never done before. And it's been really, really fun. Right. You know, to read, you know, to, I've actually writing little stories. I got quotes. I got, got this little framework and they're nice and are done in five minutes, five minutes. People like them. That, yeah, they do. And what I do, I have actually like a small personal podcast where I just record like my thoughts for the day, right? That's really what it is. Like chronicling my journey, Mm -hmm. you know, as an entrepreneur building a business, they're all about 10 to 12 minutes. I don't do a lot of marketing for that, like at all. For me, it's just more like a chronicling, like I said, and so I'm it's like your journal. Yeah, it is exactly it. It's like, I just sit down with my phone. I record an episode using the, you know, using the, the Apple AirBuds. It's nothing professional, but I record it and post it. And you know what? People find it. They love it. You know, they're engaged. I've had people like actually say to me, Hey Cliff, we're loving your story. We're loving your journey. And by the way, thank you for keeping it under 10 minutes. Because it's like perfect for me to listen to on the way to work or something else like that. And I'm, you know, completely surprised by that. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because what it does is, is I want to highlight the fact that you're not under pressure to produce a 30 minute episode, a 60 minute episode, a two hour episode. As an entrepreneur, you produce the content that appeals to your audience. And you know what? Your audience loves the, the 10 minute or last podcast episodes. It's like a quick little nugget that they can chew on and then go about their day. Something my wife always tells me, she goes, it's your podcast, Pat. You can do whatever you want. That sounds like brilliant advice right there. <laughs> Cause I'll go, gosh, I don't know if this is working. Oh, I would do this. She goes, well, you can, it's your podcast or you can do whatever you want. Yes. You're not working for anybody when it comes to that podcast. I'm like, well, that's true. I guess, I guess you're right. I guess I'll have to talk to me about that. I guess I'll have to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So I want to pick your brain because you've been doing this for, for absolutely so long. So one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I'm on a personal crusade to bring the 60 to 80% of podcasts that goes into pod fade. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to do from your perspective, because you've been doing this for so long, for the entrepreneur out there who has a podcast and they're struggling right now, what would be a key piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice that you would give them? Well, it depends on the kind of podcast they have. If they're interviewing guests, make sure their guests are prospective clients because it'll almost, it'll actually make their, it, because it actually becomes part of a sales call part of the discovery part of a sales call and it'll make them more productive because they may have had that phone call anyway, talk for 20, talk for 20 minutes about what their challenges, what their problems are inter, you know, record that, make it a podcast that would, that could make them more productive. Certainly. If they're doing a podcast, a five minute podcast, they should make darn sure that those, that five minutes 
really provide some value to their listeners. It's really important that they understand who their listeners are. And the best way to understand who your listeners are is to talk to them. So if your listeners aren't guests, this is, you see, I've seen people do this in the podcast space say, oh, you should do a survey monkey and find out what they care about. You need to <laughs> interview them. You need to talk to them on the phone or in person. Right. Talk to a whole bunch of them and understand what they really care about and don't lead. Don't lead the wit. Just ask them like, these are the kinds of questions I like to ask. What's working in your life? What's working in your business? What's not working business? Give me three things. Three things. What, what are the barriers that are stopping you from being successful? What's stopping you from reaching your happily ever after? If you could transform your business, what would that look like? And you make those barriers go away. How would that transform your business? But the answers are always the same kinds of things. It could be like, if I got rid of that, that means my revenue would grow. If I got rid of that, that means my profits would grow. If I got rid of that, my costs would drop. If I got rid of that, you know, my quality would rise. If I got rid of that, my frustration would lower. Right. And all those KPIs, those key performance indicators that, that we're always looking at in, in, in running a business. You want to like really get what the audience cares about and and you just give them what they want. It goes right back to what we were talking about before with making sure that you identify your ideal customer avatar, your ideal customer mm -hmm. listener. Mm -hmm. I really want to help you here. <laughs> oh, I need all the help I can get. No, 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 no. I, I can see, I can see, I can certainly see how you could help your audience, how you can help your listeners. Talk to me. I'll, any advice, anything because I can do to go be to podcast. So like, you know, I've gone to podcast movement. Have you gone to podcast movement? No. I've gone to it half a dozen, half a dozen times and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an event. It's a conference. It's usually in the summer where all podcasters all get together. They're all in different places. A lot of right. them are hobbyists. A lot of them are, they got stories they want to tell. Right. A lot of them want to do it for journaling like you, but there isn't a ton. But usually when they talk about how to make money on it, it's usually like, you need to grow your audience. You need to get sponsors, how to get a sponsor and yes. stuff like that. Yes. It's not this conversation of like the podcast should be just like another extension of your business. It oh, interesting. Should, it should just be a part of what you are, part of who you, of your brand and what you like, like if your podcast talks about things, has these various problems. There's these problems and challenges you have, and you show little solutions in an episode. You're doing a sales call. You're talking to a particular client. And you go, oh, I did an episode on that. Let me email that to you. That's a reusable asset. Yes, it is. And next thing you know, you got a dozen, 20 of these things in your back catalog. You go, oh, oh, I have another one that's like this. And next, and, and it just builds up your credibility. That's the thing buyers ch are challenged with is like, are you credible? Yeah. Is the product that you're promoting credible? Is the company that you're working for credible? You, we briefly mentioned this at the beginning. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to do this. If you're just some Joe Schmo, like I've been most of my life working, working in, as a cog in some big business, you can grow your own brand this way, your personal brand. And that really, really matters, especially in a world where we don't stay with the same employers for a long time. People will go to look back and say, well, what's this person doing? 
Right. And you'll, you'll realize not only do they work here, but they've also got this podcast running and actually listen to it. It looks really credible and it's, it sets you up for the next place. The people you interviewing could be your next employer. Yeah. That, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Cause I, cause I want to go back to what you're talking about before, when you were talking about going to that, uh, the podcast conference. Podcast movement. That, yeah. Podcast movement. Thank Which you. Which is a lot of fun. Don't, I don't mean to put it down. It's not very expensive. You learn a lot. You learn a lot. It's fun to see all the equipment. There's a big vendor show. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's pretty I fun. bet. So one of the things I'm going to go back and point out is uh, this is something where when I'm talking to my clients is say they, they get a podcast started and their first thing is, okay, how do I get a sponsor? And no, <laughs> yeah, I look at them and I'm like, you just launched it. We need to think about how you can use your podcast to grow your business. It's not just a run out there and get a sponsor and, oh, look, I, you know, just created another revenue stream. It's, you know, this is exactly why I, I want to talk to people like you mm-hmm. and interview people like you because podcasting should be a, definitely a part of your marketing strategy. So it's not like you're going to look at it and think, oh, well, I, I now have 20 episodes. I'm going to go out and start charging somebody 200 bucks an episode to advertise on it because it's probably not going to work. But in the other context that you were talking about building relationships, right? Having that be the first step in your sales funnel to talk to people. You this is it. where the power of podcasting you got it. really comes into play. That should be step one. Yes. <laughs> It's it, what, 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 what was Pat Flynn say then niches is in the riches or something like that. Right. Yeah. Everybody says that. So, yeah. right. Right. There's this, um, you're not going to be Joe Rogan. No, you're not. You want to pick a very narrow niche that you're the expert on. And you're the only one that can probably do that because you've cornered the market on you and your personality. There's exactly. only one of you in the world. Well, something to keep in mind, and I'm glad you brought it up about Joe Rogan, because the same thing applies with Joe Rogan, with Tim Ferriss, is Mm -hmm. that these people already had built-in audiences, right? A Tim Ferriss show, number one rated, you know, podcast on uh, Apple iTunes, like a gajillion reviews, but he had, you know, he written the four-hour work week. He had, you know, built in a community, loyal listenership. He had tons of testimonials from people that were actually doing it. So when he launched his podcast, he had a built-in audience already. And he already knew, like you were talking about there, he already knew what they liked and what they wanted. So that's why for him, he could go out and spend two hours doing a podcast episode and really going deep with his guests. I don't have that bandwidth. And the second thing is I don't have that built-in audience. So when you have that built-in audience, it's very easy for you to go out and seek sponsorships for your podcast and be able to command money. And there's a whole economics model behind it. And I don't want to really spend that time getting into it, but for 99.99% of people that are out there, you're not going to have that built in audience of millions of people to start listening to your podcast. So it's going to stay, it's going to take work to get it, to get that traction, to be able to, if you decide one day, oh, I do want to get a sponsor for this. So in the meantime, while you're working on building up that listenership, how can you use your podcast to help grow your business? What are those other tools like you were talking about? Instantly. Yes. And that's the beautiful thing about a podcast. And you mentioned this before, nobody knows your download numbers. So this gives you the perfect opportunity to be able to reach out to people to say, Hey, I've got a podcast. I would love to interview you for my show and give them the opportunity to say yes or no. And like you said, it's the very first step in building that relationship. Yep. Absolutely love it. So 
for our audience out there who is listening to this and they're like, I want to check this guy out. I want to listen to a micro podcast. <laughs> you know, I want to learn more about cannabis as well. What's some of the best ways for them to get in contact? All these podcasts are on all of the podcatchers out there. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. <laughs> so, so if you look for sales babble at like salesbabble.com, you could listen to my sales podcast. And like I said, I'm getting ready to do these little micro um these are like these little five, six minute ones. Although I got a buddy of mine really wants to be on it. So I'm going to break a rule and let him on. And you can also hear how I do in my little, how I do my little ads on there. I take, I go all Malcolm Gladwell on it, try to make him very listenable. And then my other podcast is the Cannabis Advocate Podcast. And it's a, that podcast advocates for people in the cannabis industry, which is growing leaps and bounds. Super duper interesting. Very interesting industry. It's different from anything else. It's, it's kind of the same and it's not. <laughs> it's kind of, you, yeah, if, if it, there's nothing about a feels illicit or anything, even though it's illegal. Right. At least at first federal laws go, you go to the conferences, it feels like just any other, in, in any other, they're selling equipment, they're selling services, they're selling banking, they're selling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I produce podcasts for companies too. Abaneromedia.net is the, is the website for that. Nice. For our audience. Think, yeah. I think I gave you the links. You can put those in your show notes. That's exactly what I was going to say for audience. <laughs> so anyways, Pat, it's been awesome and a lot of fun having you on the show today. And uh, thank you for your wisdom. And I would love to circle back with you in the future when you Absolutely. really had a chance to you know, get those micro podcasts out there and see what that impact mm -hmm. is because, and I'm glad that you brought it up because like I said before, podcasts do not have to be half an hour, hour or two hours. If, if all you have is five minutes, take five minutes. If all you have is 10, take 10. The important thing is to get your message out there and start to get in front of people. Absolutely. I didn't say this, but one other thing is th these little ones. One of the reasons I did it was eventually I want to stitch them together in a book. It forces me to write that book that I've been putting off for years. Ah, see, now we can talk about that for another half an hour. <laughs> I'm a big per I'm a big believer in this, man. If you want to write a book, do a podcast, do you know, podcast. every, yeah, every chapter, every page of your book, whatever it is, could be an episode of your podcast, get Bingo. it all transcribed and uh, hire an editor and stitch it together. Yeah. I can, man, Bingo. I can talk about that all day long. So I'm uh, sorry about this cliff. What? I could, I could go on and on about this topic. What about writing a book? No, about podcasting. Because <laughs> if, if we start talking about writing a book for like three or four minutes, something else will hit me and then we'll never get off this episode. So, so that just means I got to have you back. Absolutely. See, there you go. You've committed. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. He has committed to coming back. So Pat, going to hold you to that. So anyways, thanks for taking time to uh, chat with sure us enough. today, Pat. Really appreciate it. It's been an honor.